You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, why don't we take a look at the early predictions of who are going to be the top 10 defenses into next season and where Texas A&M falls in that ranking. You want more SEC coverage? Don't worry, we got you covered. Go follow Locked on SEC and Chris Gordy. They give you the best outline and everything you need to know about the conference. Follow Locked on SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Before we start diving into the defense, I want to go ahead and talk about a former coach who recently became a head coach giving praise to Mike Elko. For anyone who doesn't know, Maurice Linguist, who used to be the defensive backs coach, went to the Dallas Cowboys and recently was named the defensive coordinator of Michigan, left to go to Buffalo, his alma mater. Why was that? Well, because Lance Leopold, a position that was, you know, held and heralded and did a fabulous job building the Buffaloes up, is now going to Kansas, a place where a lot of people thought Mike Elko might eventually end up if this wasn't kind of a rental year. Instead, Leopold will be the long-term option at Kansas, hopefully finally giving some stability to a football team that honestly has never figured it out. Like, outside of those two years of Mark Mangino, they've never once figured it out. But... Linguist is now going back to his alma mater in Buffalo, and he spoke highly during his uh, press conference, his introductory press conference, about not just Texas A&M, but more so defensive coordinator Mike Elko. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, thank you for the opportunity for me to be on your staff and to uh, teach me about the recruiting at the national level and what it's really like to build a program. Mike Elko, probably the smartest defensive coach I have ever seen around just to learn so much, so many X's and O's from Mike Elko. I think what's really interesting about this is that Elko has been a name that isn't in that same category as the Kirby Smarts or the Brett Venables or I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, who's the guy who just got hired uh, to was it Arizona? Uh, no, it wasn't Arizona. It was it was the uh, Boise State. That's it, Jonathan Oliva. The Mario Cristobal's like like the, like these former Saban coaches, these former big time name coaches who find a way to be very successful, but they have a really good defensive coordinator, and that coordinator is always in line to become the next head coach. And I don't know if Elko's right there yet, but he's on a really good path right now because when you look at Texas A&M's defense before Elko got there, that was the problem. Honestly, Kevin Sumlin's offense, I think. Even though the whole Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen situation almost basically was the nail in the coffin, Mike Elko would have been a better solution. And it would have saved a lot of things. Because here's the reality of it. John Chavis, when he was hired, was such an elite name as a defensive coordinator that everyone thought, okay, he's coming to A&M. 
Our defense is going to be fixed. It, it just never was. And don't get me wrong, there weren't as many pieces there, but outside of Miles Garrett, you really didn't have a lot to work with defensively. One of the best things that bringing in Jimbo Fisher was, was he brought in Mike Elko. And Elko, who was the defense coordinator at Notre Dame, did a great job in the recruiting process. He did a good job setting Texas A&M up to get the recruits in the state, but also outside the state, in areas where he used to scout for Notre Dame. Think about this, Antonio Johnson, kid from Illinois. Illinois is barriers away. Hopscotch and a throw away from Notre Dame and South Bend, Indiana. It's far from College Station. It is far. And where Antonio Johnson played, it was more so in central, more upper northern Illinois. So we're going even deeper into Illinois. Not just as like, oh, Chicago. No, no, we're going deep, deep. But that's what you want to happen. You want to be able to get these kids from across the country that are going to be successful. You did that with Joshua Moten. You got him from Maryland. You did that with Johnson. You've done that with a ton of different players. And you're still winning the state of Texas. That's a lot due to recruiting and that's a lot due to Elko. Don't get me wrong. Fisher has the points and Fisher definitely has the backbone and working throughout the entire SEC area. That's why he's starting to win in Florida. That's why he's winning a little bit more in Alabama and Georgia in North Carolina. Because if he knows the areas from when he was scouting at Florida State. But to be able to get some really top tier talent and take them away from Big Ten schools and take them away from ACC schools and to take them away from their home state and bring them to Texas with already proven Texas talent. That's what's incredible. And that's why having a guy like Elko is so important. But Elko eventually is going to have a shot. I think he has to. Think about it. Every single season since being brought in, and I think it was 20, yeah, 20, uh, 2018, Elko's unit has ranked in the top five in the conference and run defense. Secondary play has immediately improved. And on top of all of that, you could say right now that Mike Elko and his staff have the most complete defense in the conference and they have one of the most complete defenses in college football. They're really not losing anything. In fact, they're gaining more than what they're losing. And guys like Edger and Cooper, Andre White, Antonio Doyle are stepping up for the name that left in Buddy Johnson. Names like Isaiah Rakes and Dallas Walker are playing bigger roles for the defensive line for Bobby Brown. And by the way, they're also keeping Jaden Peavy. So you have a veteran on the defensive line. You also keep Michael Clemens, Keldrick Carper, Leon O'Neill, keeping all these guys. That's huge. Because offensively, nobody really knows what Texas A&M is going to be. And it's okay to not really know. Part of not knowing, it's a great ideal situation. But you want to be able to have a status going into the year. Their status is you're a defensive team. And that's okay. Offensively, they're a little flustered. Defensively, they're going to be one of the best. And this is the year that I think Mike Elko finally gets a shot. So, A&M fans better get used to hearing Mike Elko, hot name coordinator, because 
by the season's end, he will be somewhere. I don't know if it'll be like an East Carolina or if it will be like a you know Navy or an AAC school or Conference USA, but he will get his shot. Absolutely. He has earned it and he will get his shot. You know what I really don't like? Spending money at places I don't need to spend more money at. And one of the biggest places is going to a car dealership. Because if you always have to pay for a product fee, a service fee, a shipping fee, an installment fee, it's just fee after fee after fee that I could always pay for myself if I just knew where to get the part. I can help you out. Go visit rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to gas brakes to anything that you need all found on their uniquely activated catalog. Just search the part, search the car model, and best of all, search for the low, low price. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, Cole Thompson, talking all things Texas A&M. All right. Let's go ahead and start looking at this defense. Everybody wants to try and figure out who's going to win offensively, but I don't think people forget the saying, defense wins championships. And for Texas A&M, that is the one way they are going to be set to be a contender for the college football playoff and the national championship next season. It's not because of the offense. And the offense, you know what? It may take time. You may have to struggle with some games early on. Like, you only beat Colorado by, say, 7 you don't beat uh you don't beat Arkansas by more than 10. Those are little things. The offense will come around. Having that defense though already in place will benefit the offense immensely because again, it gives the offense time to develop under Daryl Dickey and Jimbo Fisher. It allows them to have the five right offensive linemen out on the field. It allows them to establish who is the number 1, number 2, number 3 and number 4 receiver. It gives time for a guy like Jalen Weidemeyer, who didn't practice this spring, to get back in the full swing of things. It allows every offensive piece to be set, specifically the quarterback, but also the offensive line. So I look at this, the defense is going to have to bail out AM really early this season if any game is close. The good news is, is that they're returning not, uh, nine starters that are fully full-time starters, and what is it? I think it's six of the 15, uh, six of the 17 part-time starters, like, uh, you know, part-time players. So overall, they're only losing three key players for the defense from last season. That finished just outside the top 10. So looking at that, you already know that they're going to be inside the top 10. But where do they rank, for me specifically, going into the season? Let's break it down. Number 10, I'm going to go Auburn. Here's the reason. Auburn is a team that is known for defensive football, And they have a good defensive coordinator once again with the addition of Derek Mason from Vanderbilt. The one thing you can say about Vanderbilt is even though he never really panned out as a great head coach, he always had his defense playing top-notch football. So, it's a brand new scheme. It's a brand new, um, you know, roster. But they have some pieces there. Last season, they allowed 24.7 points. They should be able to build back. They got two... Uh, four-star defensive ends, I think it was. The big name was Lee Hunter, the defensive tackle. Not sure how big of a role he's going to play, but there is at least something there. There's a lot of pieces there for them to be successful. And when you look at the SEC, it's going to be a lot of high scoring with teams like Mississippi and Ole Miss. I'm not sure you see those games. 
against those teams. So I'm going to go Auburn at number 10. Number nine, Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati a lot. I think Cincinnati losing a guy like Derek Forrest in the secondary does hurt, but they still have some of their best defensive players coming back in guys like MyJ Sanders, in guys like Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and his name is Kobe, but it's C-O-B-Y. And in guys like Ahmad Gardner. Having these three back is going to be so big for this defense, especially in the secondary, because if you have your two elite cornerbacks on the outside, this will help, I think, a lot for Cincinnati to be able to repeat and try to get into that college football playoff conversation. Because again, a lot of their roster is also pretty veteranship. A lot of guys were grad, grad, you know, graduate students. They stayed an extra year. They want to win. Looking at what is shown on rlads.com, every single one of their starting players defensively is either a graduate, a junior, or a senior. And most of them are redshirt juniors. So this is a unit that is very well known, plays well together, and can build off of each other's weaknesses to be a top-tier unit. This is a very good team. I think if there's one team that's going to crash the party in 2021, Cincinnati would have to be it, and they have the defense to do it. Number eight, I'm going to go with LSU. I like LSU. The biggest thing with LSU is they had a really, really, really crappy year altogether. But I think that people also have to realize LSU was always overhyped. Every year, the team that wins the national title is supposed to repeat. Look at everything that they lost. Literally, look at everything that they lost last season. That should say it all. That really should. Um, you know, they allowed 34.4 points per game. They're going to have a full year under their belt. They're going to be able to, I think, really take a lot more time. They were able to get one of the best recruits in the nation in Mason Smith out of Homa, Louisiana. Uh, he was the number two defensive tackle and the number 19 overall player. They also uh, were able to get Derek Davis and uh, Landon Jackson. They have some talented players, guys like Derek Stingley Jr. already on campus. So I think that they're going to be a pretty good unit. Again, the SEC West is a completely different anomaly than the SEC South. So I think that for sure, when you look at the SEC West, defense is going to be just as strong as offense. Number seven, I'm going to go Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a team that last season finished with the top 10 defense. They allowed 17.4 points per game. They're returning most of their key members from the unit that puts them back into the conversation. Cornerback Caesar Williams, Keanu Benton, uh, linebackers Leah Chanel and uh, Jack Staborn all will give a hefty core for the Badgers to be successful. The reason they were bad last year was the offense. It wasn't the defense. They also got a little bit better defensively in the recruiting process. Guys like TJ Bowlers, guys like Hunter Wohler, and guys like Braylon Allen. Maybe none of them will be starters, but they have the core. If they can continue to pressure quarterbacks, this is a team that I think is going to be bouncing back. 100%. This is one of those times where you look at the team and you go, okay, down year, not the end of the world. Consistently, Wisconsin has been one of the best teams in college football and 100% in the Big Ten. Number six, I'm going to go right now based off one player alone. It's going to be Oregon. Oregon has easily, in my opinion, the best defense in the Pac-12. It's not even a really close second. They had a good recruiting cycle. But they have the main piece. They're returning Kayvon Thibodeau, who is absolutely a monster at pass rush. His ability to manipulate offensive tackles at his age is scary. 
It's like looking at a Miles Garrett clone. But Garrett, at the time, had those two breakout years in 2015 and 2016, uh, you know, his, in the 2014-2015 season. And then 2016-2017 season, he kind of slowed down, but it was enough to make sure he was the number one pick. Thibodeau's that same way. He's being considered already to be the number one player in college football. In two seasons and 20 games so far of his college career, he's recorded 77 tackles, 23 tackles for losses, 12 sacks, and 6 pass breakups. Usually, if you play a full uh, three seasons with a team at his position, you get about 70 tackles. He has that in two years. Absolute freak of nature. Secondary is going to be okay. Uh, they did lose Javon Holland, but he didn't play this past year, so it's not like they really lost much. Uh, they, they they didn't lose really anything in the linebacking core, and they didn't lose anything at the safety position, so overall, they're in a pretty decent spot. It's never too early to get those bets in for the 2022 NFL Draft Classes, because here's the reality of it. Texas A&M is going to have multiple first-rounders, but where do they land? Why not go ahead and make that bet at the one place we love and the one place we trust? That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, and of course, the best lines every single time you subscribe and follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you visit BetOnline.ag, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. 25 minutes is all it takes to get caught up on the massive news coming out of the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and college football. I won't be hosting it, but Peter Bukowski in the Locked On Today podcast will. Join Peter as he gets everything caught up in the realm of sports in 25 minutes or less each and every day. Follow them on social media and also subscribe with the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so top 10 defenses, number 10 is next year, Auburn, number 9 is Cincinnati. Again, I like Cincinnati a lot, but put them against an Alabama, put them against an A&M offensively, not the same category. Number 8 is LSU, number 7 is Wisconsin, number 6 is Oregon. Number 5 for me next year is Ohio State, and Ohio State is one of these teams that does replenish everything. They literally do. Every single time you watch an Ohio State season, they are replenished at every single level. And this is just one of those things where you look at them and you see, once again, lost Baron Browning, lost Pete Werner, lost, uh, I forget that, uh, Sean Wade. They lost a defensive tackle. Tommy Togiai, that's his name. Cool. They they found the replacements immediately. This is a physical group that has a lot of talent and added even more on the defense side of the ball during this past season. It's why they finished top 10. They really fighting the replacements who were playing behind these guys, and they're all stepping up. And there's a lot of depth at the defensive back position, which is why there is an argument that Ohio State is actually now DBU. And I would actually listen to that argument. So if the pieces are there and nothing's really missing, then why is Ohio State not going to be considered a top five defense? Number four, I'm going to go Alabama. They have lost a lot, but Alabama is one of those teams that can replenish like crazy. They still have Josh Job. They still have Daniel Wright. They still have Jordan Battle on the secondary. They finished 13th nationally in pass defense, allowing 19.4 points per game. Uh, They're returning three of the four starters. They still have uh, LeBron Ray on the defensive line. They added one of the nation's best cornerbacks in Jaquinsky McCurski. They also have a 
bucket load of talent at the um, at the defensive line position and at the linebacker role. They also added Henry Toto, uh, To'o, however you say his name, for Tennessee. They're not really missing that many holes. And that's the thing. Most of these defenses are not missing many holes. The one you can argue is they don't have a number two cornerback when maybe another team does. Number three is Georgia for me. Georgia's returning five defensive starters, but they're uh, including the league leader in tackles in N'Kobe Dean. Dean totaled 71 total tackles for the team, uh, 1.5 tackles for loss. Uh, one of the biggest things of all is they were able to get a multitude of five-star recruits to come join the linebacking corps. Xavier Soaring, they also added in uh, Samale Morden. They also added in Nylon Green to the secondary. They are replacing Richard LeCount, but they still have their two cornerbacks um, that backed up both Eric Stokes and um, uh, uh, Tyson Campbell. And again, this is a Kirby Smart defense. Kirby Smart's defense doesn't really have much time to regroup. They don't mourn the loss of a player. They figure it out and they get it going. I mean, Roquan Smith was a superstar and Monty Rice immediately came in and made an impact. I mean, you you don't usually find that replacement. So I'm going to put them at number three. Number two is Texas A&M. I think going into next season, the Aggies were one of the best teams last year. But they literally are returning everything. They're returning their entire secondary. They're returning their entire front seven. Uh, and, and the players that they are replacing, their replacements played pretty well last year. Guys like Andre White for Bobby, uh, Bobby, uh, Buddy Johnson, my bad, and guys like Dallas Walker coming in and filling in for Bobby Brown or Jaden Peavy. They also added one of the top prospects at defensive end into Muse Adale, and they also have a ton of talent already there that can help them build for the future. Guys like Edrin Cooper. Antonio Doyle, Fadil Diggs, Danelle Harris. I mean, a multitude of names that literally are built and are playing diverse roles. Not diverse roles, you know, rotational roles. They're not even being full-time starters. And at any other school, they probably would. A&M comes in at number two, and they are easily, to me, the best defense in the SEC. But number one, I have to go with my gut on this one. They're returning just the, almost the exact same amount. The only difference is that they're not returning a cornerback. Clemson. It still is Clemson. They'll return nine starter, uh, 10 starters from last year for a defense that ranked outside of the top 10. They will have every single player back. And once again, they had a great recruiting season. They had a top five recruiting class, three Four stars, three, five stars, number two linebacker in the country. This is a defense that's built to win and built to win now. And here's the other thing. They didn't lose the one key piece of this entire defense. And that's their defense coordinator, Brent Venables. The one reason Clemson has been at the top defensively for years is because of Venables. And on top of all that, he's never taken a head coaching offer. And he's had plenty. He's had an immense amount. Maybe he just doesn't want it. Maybe he just feels better as a, you know, a, a coordinator. But if you don't lose your DC and your top recruiter defensively, your defense is always going to be good. That's exactly what they have. So to me, Clemson 
and AM are going to be the two defenses that I think most people are going to be talking about next season. But I look at the also future. I just think by a hair, I mean a split hair, Clemson might edge out AM. But AM easily to me is the number two defense in college football going into the next season. That's good for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be playing a game. We're going to have an Ask an Aggie section. Who would be the two teams that you would like to see either join the SEC or replace two teams in the SEC? Go ahead and give me your follow. Tell me what you want to hear on social media. Follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. See you tomorrow. And remember, kick them y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.